0: Gardner concludes a trilogy in which the protagonists have gotten increasingly unsympathetic and decreasingly redeemable. Yet the sly, subversive Schrader also made this third piece the most hopeful. That's from Adam Kempner film spotting a terrific blurb talking about Master Gardner. That's our featured review this week here on Cinephile, the new film written and directed by Paul Schrader, that legendary filmmaker. It stars Joel Edgerton and Sigourney Weaver, among others. Our old movie, in honor of Chris Cody's birthday, which just took place on Saturday, I said, you pick the movie, and just to help you out, I've never seen any of these Adam Sandler movies, he goes, bam, Billy Madison, we're doing it. Um, So I got my review. I watched that this morning. And as far as our wild card is concerned, Anthony Ramos. Cannot wait. This guy was terrific. And in the Heights, he's a huge Mets fan. I believe he's a Jets fan as well. He's in the new Transformers movie. Now, not crazy about the fact they didn't send me the link, but they said this is the only time he's available. I said, okay, sure. I'll review Transformers later on. But I really look forward to talking to Anthony because he's obviously a very talented actor and a sports guy as well. So Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. Talk about Hamilton with him. It's going to be amazing. Broadway.
1: Although we had him on during the Super Bowl, and I didn't, he didn't love Hamilton questions. You could kind of see it in his face. Maybe I'm reading the room wrong, but it, I, it, he saw on his face, like, I'm kind of tired of talking about Hamilton.
0: No, no, that's a good heads up by you. I'll ask him one, one and done, and that's it. We won't go into detail. If he's not crazy yeah. about it, that, that's totally fine. From what, from what I saw, he was on the Rich Eisen show. He's a big sports guy, so if he he should be wanting to talk at Gardo Alfonso and Al Leiter, unless I misread this article about him. We'll ask him Aaron Rodgers, all that stuff. Yes. Um, Again, a great happy birthday to Chris Cody. How was the birthday?
1: Excellent, man. It's As we get older, you know, just relax a little bit. Nothing too crazy. Just enjoying some time with the family. But honestly, it was good. Uh, good. Not a very noteworthy birthday. 36. So, uh... But I feel fine, man. It's good to be alive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what it ends up being, right? Just like, yeah, I'm just happy to be alive. That's it. Milestone, you're getting closer to 40, and that's a birthday nobody really wants to celebrate. So 36 is a good birthday to celebrate.
1: I'm just not young anymore. Like, that's just, I know I'm not that old. I'm prepared to say not that old. But there's just no way I can spin any type of I'm young.
0: No, but you're right. Mid-30s still, still, so the average person, how old are you? Mid-30s, that's pretty good. 40 and above, it's terrible. Like, nobody ever feels good about 40 and above. But 36, like, "Ah, that's good. And you look a couple years younger, you have a great job, good money, got a daughter, you know, happy, healthy wife. We're out here, man. We're out here. Plus, you're still consistent in ignoring my text. I I texted you, happy birthday, couldn't even give it a like. Like, I didn't respond to that? No. I get awful. It's your birthday. I'm just saying, you don't (laughs) need to respond, just give it a like. Nothing. Give it a heart. See? I, disagree. A, I, point. Yeah.
1: I think the like is just like, that's just patronizing. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like I, it's. I'd rather have a no response than just a, a thumbs up. Like you're you're a big emoji guy on the text.
0: No, I'm not an emoji guy. I like the likes. I like the double. Well, that tap. is an emoji. I consider that no, an emoji. No, emoji like, is like the smiley face and like fist pumps and like. It's of the thumb
1: thumbs. emoji. It's the haha. Emo- like I still think those are
0: emojis. Maybe not. No, we're getting, no. we We can discuss. I like the double tap. I'm a huge double tap guy. You're right on that. Likes, that's a, exclamation points, hearts, question marks. I'll take all those.
1: That's but a new I, thing though. Like it's not like you've done this your whole life. At some point, you were like, "This is a new thing, and I like it. I'm yeah, gonna do I this." I like the
0: double i don't like the i'm not a crazy emoji guy i've never sent you like a smiley face with shades on it i've never ah, that to me, come on that to me is an emoji that's when, that's when you're at the beach like beach day and then you send me that thing underneath it regardless you still ignored me but I, I knew you were busy so maybe you know on your birthday you're allowed to do whatever you want
1: hundreds so, of texts are plugging in i'm very popular so it's just it's well, I hard that,
0: go, if i messaged you on instagram i'd have a better chance of getting a response or if i tweeted you maybe i'd have a better chance of responding to you maybe you're on social media but regardless. I'm um, sorry.
1: I'm bad about it. I actually got roasted on my dad's podcast. Like my Yeti Blanc, our producer put together a whole <laughs> roast. We had like Brad Williams, the comedian, Sarah Spain, Izzy Gutierrez, Billy Roy. Like it was like a bunch of random people for my roast and they, they roasted me. Wow. They roasted you me were pretty expecting hard
0: Expecting a roast. no, Wow, I, I, <laughs> I like a good roast. If I don't if I don't know I'm getting roasted, that's like that's a barrage. That's a it was assault. very a jarring.
1: I, I got, got jarring on at ten thirty on on ten thirty on Friday. I just, zoom, just like uh, you know, let me just have a zoom with my dad and Yeti, and all of a sudden there's yeah. fifteen people staring at me. No, dude, that's and, uh, I don't yeah. like
0: I don't like a sneak attack. <laughs> I love a good roast. By the way, my buddy Scott Spelling was showing me. We're, we like we love the Comedy Central roast, which love you and him. I do too. You and I have talked about it before. He was showing me one, I forgot this. Jeff Ross with some of the fact that nobody was making fun of B. Arthur. So like part of the because you gotta take shots at other people in the dais. So Sandra Bernhardt at some point started doing like a dance and Jeff Ross goes, I wouldn't fuck Sandra Bernhardt with B. Arthur's dick. <laughs> <laughs> and you see the B. Arthur reacts like that no, like no, dude, You you're going to take shots at other people. That's just how it works. The roasts are so great. And again, congrats to Chris Radev. South Florida, the epicenter of sports. I've stopped watching. It's not even competitive. Like, who cares? The Heat are going to sweep the Celtics. Panthers are going to win in four or five. Like, it's, like, it's unbelievable. You're going to you have two of your teams right now in the championship. It's incredible. Good for you guys. It's, it's awesome. wild. It is a wild time to be a sports fan. It's also wild. I wish I was at the uh, the Palm d'Or right now. I wish I was at the Cannes Film Festival. Because my main man, like Ahmad Rashad, to say, my main man, my mainest man, my main man. Martin Scorsese's new film, Killers of the Flower Moon, debuted at the Cannes Film Festival. And as I said to you all last week, I've read the books. I know what it's about. So I wasn't scared reading some reviews. But if you don't know the story, I would suggest you probably not read too many reviews. <laughs> By the way, in case you're wondering... No surprise, the ruse have been outstanding. I read the Indie Wire review from David Ehrlich. He called it the best performance of Leonardo DiCaprio's career. He said De Niro is excellent. He did say it's very long, three and a half hour runtime, just like the Irishman. He said it's a little bit tedious towards the end, but he said it's an excellent film. And I saw immediately people were sending me this stuff about the fact it got a nine minute standing ovation. As Cody remembers, Blonde, which neither he or I liked, got, I believe you can look this up, a 14 minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival. So, so don't tell me, hey Scorsese's new movie is good because it got a nine minute standing ovation. No, no. That, that to me dissuades me because those standing ovations mean nothing to me. Well, because
1: Brendan Fraser got a long one though, if I remember he did, correctly. for the whale,
0: but that was at, I believe, the Venice Film Festival. I mean, the Cannes Film Festival, Very I, different. I believe, Blonde. Yeah, Blonde got like are a 14-minute ovation.
1: Are these different ovations? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Different places. If I tell you in <laughs> Miami, it got a five-minute ovation. In Utah, it got a 12-minute ovation. like Well, hang on a second. Miami and Utah are not the same thing. So look yeah. up the whale. Brendan Fraser was at the Venice Film Festival, I believe. He got a standing ovation. At the Cannes Film Festival was Blonde, got like a 14-minute ovation. I go, you know what? I'm not I'm not taking any sort of stock in the length of the standing ovation what I'm telling you is it's a new Martin Scorsese film it's his 10th film with Robert De Niro it's his sixth film with Leonardo DiCaprio it's the first time the three of them are together it's three and a half hours about the murder of the Osage Indians I've read the book I know it's going to be incredible I don't need the ovation from can to, to convince me of that but bottom line is this the movie debuted at the Cannes Film Festival. Again, you can check out reviews right now. The movie opens in October here stateside, and then it's going to be available on Apple+. Plus. Basically, Marty had a deal with Paramount. Paramount goes, this is too much money. But the, like, What the hell? You're 80 years old. You need $200 million to make a movie? He's like, yeah. I just did the Irishman for like $150 million on Netflix. Okay, fine, well screw you, really? Apple will do it. So they worked at a deal because of course Marty has to have his movies in theaters. He's just such a purist about it. So Paramount will release the movie in theaters so we can all go and see a new Leonardo DiCaprio movie. And then if you wanna just wait till streaming, you have that option as well. This is the way of the future now. You're gonna see films like AIR was in theaters for a month, boom, on Amazon Prime a month later. Killers of the Fire Moon, Scorsese, Marty, Leo, DiCaprio, Robert De Niro in theaters for one month only. Then it'll be on streaming. So that that's gonna be the way of the future.
1: Do you think that they're gonna at some point move away from? I mean, obviously they're always gonna track dollars, but like they're gonna quantify the X amount of people tuned into Netflix to watch this movie. Like you know, they don't tend to like you don't you see what's most popular on these streaming, but you don't they don't give you point blank. This is how many people watch this movie this weekend and monetizing that. like no, I, you're 100% I've always, that, right. That's, that's the shift, what, right? You're 100% yeah.
0: right. And that's one of the frustrations people have with Netflix. Spielberg said, so if I release the Fablemans and it doesn't do well financially, everyone can roast me for it. But Netflix, you have no idea. They just say, it was the most streamed minutes globally. We set new records for Dell's. But what's the actual number? Yeah. So when they spent $200 million in The Irishman, well, did you make $200 million in subscribers from The Irishman? Like, probably not. But, but Netflix won't tell us. So it's always very unfair to the studios. Universal, Warner Brothers. Okay, you know, our film, Amsterdam, costs $70 million and it grows 5.6 million. That's a huge turkey. With Netflix, you have no idea because right. they don't really know the quantification of those numbers. But
1: What's the I value think. of being Netflix's number one streamed movie for two straight weeks? You know what I mean? Like, what's the... Is that worth as much as X amount of millions of dollars grossed at the box office?
0: Yeah, they were saying with The Irishman, they go honestly just the cashier of saying we have a Martin Scorsese movie that's worth whatever it costs. Like Reed Hastings was like the CEO, was like I don't care. Like well, we'll pay three hundred million dollars, like, whatever. We have Scorsese, <laughs> De Niro, Pacino, Pesci. Okay. Great. <laughs> uh, by the way, the Irishman, which I love, we all know, 10 Oscar nominations, didn't win an Oscar. And I think if you ask the average person, if you ask the average Chris Coy, they'll go, ah, it was kind of long. Like, you know, it's not like my buddy Anthony Hamed has made a great point to me the other day. We meet him, and Rogowski at dinner, and he goes, how many times you watch Paris? He goes, you like Paris? And I go, of course, I loved Paris. And he goes, how many times you watch it? I go, months. And he goes, how many times did you see Goodfellas? And I go, I don't know, 50 times. And he goes, exactly. Back then, we used to rewatch movies all the time. Now nobody rewatches movies. There's so much content, you're going to the next big yeah. thing. So how much value is it in any of these things because there's so much other stuff to watch like I finally got caught up on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel and I've said to you that's a show. I really like I just haven't had time There's too much. There's too much crap <laughs> on right now. So I'm like the finale of Maisel is this Friday Succession the finale is this coming Sunday Barry the finale is Sunday So next week's cinephile is gonna be unbelievable or I'm gonna review the new Robert De Niro film with Sebastian Maniscalco And then I'm gonna review arguably three of the best shows on TV Succession Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Barry all concluding three shows all finishing up in the course of three days but, but what will people do? Well, what else is on? Let's go find the yeah. channel stream. Like, it's just, it's on to the next one. So, away we go. On dinner, to the with next
1: rag, dinner with Rags, huh?
0: Yeah, Rags is unbelievable. He was, uh, he was uh, talking about the party. He was like, dude, this is some big time guest you had recently. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, it. and he sort of jumped with the numbers. So I was like, I think you already know the answer to that question. He's like, I, I go, we have a steady, loyal niche following. He said, no, but I, he goes, I just find the dynamic hilarious. He goes, he goes, I know Cody's a great guy, but he doesn't, like, he can't geek out like you. I said, yeah, but he's a great guy. I go, he's funny. He plays along. And I said, he he keeps me in check for, like, the first 10, 12 minutes. Like, the stand-up kind of, we just kind of scroll around with our life stories. And then the movies, yeah. he kind of tunes out for a little bit. But then he comes back with, like, the old movies. Right? He goes, yeah. He goes, I go, honestly, if you're, if you're curious the genesis of this, I go, I remember Mike Ryan called me and just goes... Hey, like, there's nobody's going to be at your level of movies, but here's your options. I think is the how he phrased it. And he goes, it's going to be one of uh, Chris, Billy, he may have said Roy. And I was like, any of those three are fine to me. And he was like, do you have a preference? And I go, all three are great. But like, he goes, it's probably going to be Chris. And I go, great, Cody's a great guy, done. He very easily could have said it's gonna be Roy Bellamy. I'm like, okay, sure. And he could have said Billy. Like, I, like, like Rags is thinking like I had some sort of investment. I go, Listen, I really like Chris. He's a great guy. But it wasn't like they said, hmm, Cody's like at the, at the Verk level of movies. This will be a really right. good combination. That's not how it works. Well,
1: it was like actually the opposite. It was like let's bring, <laughs> let's 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 make Adnan <laughs> like Adnan's way up here. Let's We got to bring this down. Who we got? Chris, get uh, over here. Perfect.
0: <laughs> which is why, don't worry, we're gonna get to Billy Madison in just a second. Uh, First, so, though, he called the shit poop. Yeah. <laughs> Let me talk Master Gardener. Let me, let me geek out, as Rags would say, on Paul Schrader, one of my favorite filmmakers, the writer, director. You know him, you love him. He wrote Taxi Driver. He co wrote Raging Bull. He wrote and directed Autofocus, Affliction, American Gigolo, and most recently, First Reformed with Ethan Hawke and The Card Counter with Oscar Isaac. Fantastic podcast on Mark Marin, WTF, Hour 20 with Paul Schrader. The moment that Cody will like particularly. So, Mark Maron's a pretty big Paul Schrader fan, so he's telling him, he's like, I had no idea I was going to get you on the pod. But coincidentally, the last year plus, I've rewatched. A lot of your movies. I watched Light Sleeper, I watched Affliction, I watched Blue Collar, which is an old film of Richard Pryor, Yaffocato. So Schrader's telling the stories about Richard Pryor, and he's like, you know, how challenging it was to deal with, because obviously he was coked out of his mind, but incredibly talented. So at one point, Marin's like, What happened? He's like, You scorsese, De Palma, you know, all you guys are just running things. And, and Schrader's like, Well, cocaine. He's like, you know, cocaine was a disaster. Like Marty, Marty ended up in the hospital. He was doing so much cocaine. And he's like, I, I just had to leave. He goes, So how did you quit cocaine? And Schrader goes, Well, I left Los Angeles. He goes, You left the city. He's like, Yeah, I just was, there's was much coke. He's like, Where'd you go? He goes, I went to New York. He's like, What happened there? He's like, Still too much cocaine. He goes, Where'd you go? There? He goes, I went to Tokyo. He goes, So you got clean from cocaine in Tokyo? He goes, Yeah. He goes, The drug of choice in Tokyo is speed. There's no cocaine there. You can't get cocaine in Japan, at least when Paul Schrader was there. He made the excellent film called Mishima back in 1985. But he's just such a smart guy. He knows so much about movies and it's just fascinating his upbring because, as he has said, he grew up in a very religious upbring. He goes, You know, Scorsese was watching movies when he was six years old. Like He remembers Westerns he saw. Steven Spielberg was remembering stuff he saw when he was eight. He goes, I had no movies. I never watched a movie until I was like 18, 19 years old. I was such a strict religious upbringing. of there was no movies allowed. So I don't have the reference points that those guys do. When I'm watching movies, imagine being introduced to movies for the first time when you're like 18, 19, 20 years old. And the movies he was watching was like European art films of the 70s. That's how Paul Schrader became a film critic. To me, that's incredible. Like imagine you meet somebody who's a music critic. He you go You're a music critic? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, but I never listened to music until he's 19 years old. So you have no knowledge of music until you're 19. Yep, and I just started listening to The Rolling Stones. And that that just inform my musical knowledge. I'm like, that's kind of interesting. So Schrader goes from being a film critic to an actual filmmaker because he writes Taxi Driver in the famous story. He gives it to Brian De Palma. De Palma goes, well, it's not right for me, but my buddy Marty would do wonders with this. He's like, really? Gives it to Scorsese, and history is made. So his latest film is called Master Gardener. Here's the synopsis a meticulous horticulturalist who is devoted to tending the grounds of a beautiful estate and pandering to his employer, the wealthy Dowager, or is it Dowager? I don't even know how to pronounce it. But think about this. Someone's telling me, like Harold Reynolds Fry, what what movie should I go see this weekend? He wants me to go say Fast X, right? The Fast and the Furious 10. And instead I'm like, I'm gonna go watch a movie about a horticulturalist. This is cinephile for you folks. And as a matter of fact, (laughs) I went Sunday night, my wife wasn't feeling well. I went to the AMC in West Nyack, New York, which is about thirty-five minutes away. It's like the only place I can find that is playing independent films like this, like Master Gardener. 1579 for the ticket, 612 for Twizzlers, 50 bucks for the babysitter. So I paid if I'm doing the math on this correctly, I paid seventy-two dollars to go watch this movie last night. And by the way, I almost paid $4 for Billy Madison. And I was already <laughs> enraged that I had to do this. I had to check every streaming service. I go, I'm not paying money for this. There's no way I'm going to like this. There's no way I'm paying for it. I'm doing it for Cody's birthday. Thankfully, my sister-in-law to the rescue goes, no, no, I have a Peacock subscription. I go, thank God. I was about to pay 4 bucks in Apple Plus. So I... I'll tell you right now, I would gladly pay $72 to watch Constant Gardener again. I would not pay $4 to watch *Blade* Madison. Thankfully, I watched it for free thanks to my sister-in-law. Let's talk more about Master Gardener. Again, this follows the Paul Schrader script which at some point you start to say to yourself, is this guy making the same movie over and over or what? Or is that part of the genius in making a similar piece of work and allowing different eyes to view it? If it's a Paul Schrader film, what does that mean? It means there's a lonely, isolated character who's battling something from his past. Whether it's a taxi driver, whether it's Ethan Hawkeye, and First Reformed, a priest who's dealing with environmental destruction, whether it's Oscar Isaac in The Card Counter, who is a gambler dealing with being a former torturer of prisoners of war. You already know this character has a backstory. So Joel Edgerton may be this master, master botany, but clearly he's got some demons. That's what you know in a Paul Schrader movie. He's sitting there writing this diary by himself like, yep, this fills the classic Schrader ethos. And then Sigourney Weaver shows up And the best way to describe this relationship is they're friends with benefits. She plays Norma Haverhill, so she's running the Grey—I think it's called Grace Gardens. I kept wanting to call it Grey Gardens because that old documentary, but it's called, I believe, Grace Gardens. So she's running it, and why is Edgerton employed by her? We'll get to that in a second, but he's got to meet with this guy named Isai Morales. That's right. Isai Morales, who played Bob in La Bamba, love him. He shows up as Oscar Neruda, who's got his own backstory. And Sigourney Weavers tells Joel Edgerton's main character, okay, you're the master gardener. I've got my great niece coming, Quintessa Swindell, beautiful, talented. Maya core definitely a name to watch. She's playing that character. She shows up. I want you to show her how to tend to the garden. I want you to teach her to pull out the weeds. It's a minimum wage job. She needs some living. You know, my it's my sister's, my sister's daughter, if I have that right. That's right. So it's my sister's daughter, and, you know, some stuff happened with my sister. You know, her husband's a piece of you know what so just look after her for me okay and then the story develops. Of course, I don't want to say too much more, except to really make it clear, this guy is not just a Master Gardener. When you know the movie's called Master Gardener, knowing Paul Schrader, it's an allegory for something else. As he said with Taxi Driver, he goes, when I say to you a taxi driver a cab driver, you think of like your buddy. You think of like your uncle's friend. Yeah. He's chatty, he's funny. He goes, I'm going to make it about a guy who's got serious demons and he's psychotic and he's lonely and he wants to wreak vengeance on the world. Similarly, in First Reformed, Ethan Hawke played a priest. If I tell you a priest, you say, okay, a priest is something kind, generous, no, no, I'm going to make him a guy who's slowly losing his mind because of environmental decay and he lost his son in the Iraqi war. So I don't want to reveal any secrets except to say, if you like Paul Schrader, you know what you're seeing is going to slowly... un peel like an onion. And I just, I love the script. I love his storytelling. Tiber had a funny review in which he said it's almost like a parody of a Paul Schrader movie, which I thought his review was a little bit harsh. He pointed a couple of lines which you thought were a little bit too on the nose. But I just enjoy being in that culture. I enjoy being in that environment. I just enjoy being in a theater watching a Paul Schrader movie, even when I'm paying $6.12 for Twizzlers and 15 dollars 79 for the ticket and $50 for Babysitter. Because nobody's making movies like him. And he's got such confidence and assurance in his characters. You know, at some point there's going to be some violence. You know at some point that central character is going to pop off a little bit. You know that he's going to reveal some secrets he shouldn't. But Joel Edgerson, definitely a, an actor to admire and appreciate. And again, I don't want to give away any of the secrets of the film, but I'm giving it three Maple Leafs. By the way, this film debuted at the Venice Film Festival last year. Don't believe it got a standing ovation. But it's just great to see Paul readers still making movies. If you like his work, you'll enjoy it. It's called Master Gardener. I'm giving it three Maple Leafs. Cody was busy multitasking while he was talking. Do you have any questions here about Master Gardener, about botany, about horticulture? What do you got here for
1: me? I... Would almost consider myself a master gardener is really what I have on that. I mean, my green thumb has just gotten so green in the recent years. There's nothing better than on a Saturday morning. I have a little garden bed in my backyard. I like to go out there on a nice Saturday morning before it gets too hot. See what's what. Pull some weeds. Because the key is if you go out there every week, the weeds don't become a problem. If you don't look at it for three months, then all of a sudden you got these monster weeds. So I go out there. Survey the land. I like you know. I'm a man with a backyard. In 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 Jersey, do you have like a what's your backyard situation? Yeah, I have a
0: backyard. It's not particularly huge, but it's nice. But I I'm like you. I I actually no I'm not like you in that I don't know how to garden but I, I appreciate a good garden so the first year I didn't do much mowing the lawn whatever and I was like okay I gotta do this properly so this guy was like I'll put down some flower beds I'll get the right mulch we'll get some fertilizer yes. we'll kind of yeah what, you do what you gotta do because I do like a good garden I'm with you I take so are pride they, it are they coming out monthly to like maintain it every, or are you every maintaining two weeks I feel like so the guy was just here today he's putting down dry mulch that, that smell of mulch oh. maintaining a little bit put some flower beds down I'm like my dad's like you my dad loves gardening
1: it's something I- that I never saw coming honestly like when I was young I was like, I'm I hate this. Like my dad would make me go out and like pull weeds around my parents, like when I was like, that would be like, I was not a big chores guy, but like every couple months, my dad would be like, I need you for a few hours out here, and I'm pulling weeds and stuff, so I honestly hated it growing up. But now that I got my own place, I just, I like, there's nothing better than when it looks good. You're like, yeah, that's mine.
0: No, I'm with you, man, and if you do like gardening, there's some moments in Master Gardener, particularly the first 10, 15 minutes, he's explaining gardening, and the pruning, and the shears, Mm -hmm. how seeds last for like hundreds of years, and like the delicate nature of it. Again, he's using gardening as an allegory. He was like, you know, to be a gardener you have to really have persistence in life you have faith in your community because you feel mm-hmm. like if I plant these things life will turn out right like most gardeners are very optimistic like if you yeah. if you plant and cult it put in the work then things will work out it's a very optimistic way of life so I, I love if you the plant garden. it it will grow yeah exactly it's it's kind of like if you build it he will come um, <laughs> this is from Anthony Land of New Yorker it's almost as if the movie were following the blueprint of a moral scheme like the layout of a herbaceous border and plausibility be damned. Amazing use of Herbaceous, but I feel like he's taking a shot at the movie, so screw you, Anthony. Stephanie's a character of Time Magazine. I like this. The less you know about Master Gardener going in, the better. That's why I didn't tell you (laughs) much of the plot. I just told you the Gardener stuff. The less you know about Master Gardener going in, the better. Tracing the trail of these characters' secrets is part of the thrill, but it's compelling for other reasons, too. I completely agree. Master Mm -hmm. Gardener, go check it out. Quick break. We're coming back with Anthony Ramos and Billy Madison. Well, it's a real pleasure right now to bring in Anthony Ramos. This is a terrific actor. I've enjoyed his work, whether it was in the stage, obviously, in Hamilton. I loved In the Heights, which was, of course, a formerly a Lin-Manuel Miranda production. Then was a film, which I thought he was terrific in. And now he's in Transformers. It's as big as it gets. He's also a big sports fan. From what I've seen, he's a Mets guy, a Jets guy. So I want to talk sports as well. Anthony, it's great to see you, man. How you doing?
2: No, it's good to see you, man. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: So let's talk Transformers, man. Everybody growing up, we all love Transformers. Are you kidding me? You name your favorite Transformer. You're always playing with all the games, the gadgets. How did this project first come about? How
2: hyped were you? I was hyped, man. I mean, like, you know, I was I, I'm I'm a for real fan, you know. So when uh when I found out that, you know, well first when they when they you know I had the meeting with with the our uh, director Stephen Cable Jr. And it would be like almost two hours and and uh and then they told me probably a few weeks after that i got the role i was hyped i was hyped because i you know i'm I'm, i've been a fan of this franchise i've seen all the movies i used to watch beast wars the cartoon when i was a kid so i was that was one of my favorite shows and then i found out that the beast wars are actually going to be in this and i think i was i was i was uh the most hyped to be in a movie with Cheetor than uh you know (laughs) than probably anyone i've ever worked with
0: well that's the thing it's it's I can't imagine, because obviously you're such a talented actor, there's different styles of acting, but like how much CGI is there? How challenging is that to act in
2: front of a green screen, blue screen, whatever? Oh, It's hard, man. I mean, it's not hard. You know what? It's like you just use your imagination. just like you're a kid. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta you just imagining everything. You're like, alright, cool. There was a 10-foot robot in front of me, or a 15-foot robot, and uh, and we were having this kind of conversation would I react. You <laughs> Just like Hey, you just make it up, bro. Like, it's, I mean, it's, it's fun, you know, it's, it's, um, it's just a lot of fun because you just like, you make up the whole the whole scene in your head, it's just you, it's just you, man. They bring the tennis balls in and then they just bring them in and they're like, all right, cool, Optimus's head is right here. Bumblebee's head is right there. You do like two rehearsals and then they're like, all right, cool. Do you remember where they, you remember where their heads are? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And they just take it out, and you just do the scene. You're not talking to anything or anybody. But uh, it's fun.
0: No, it's funny. On The Irishman, Martin Scorsese had said, you know what, I've seen the technology, and I don't think De Niro and Pesce are going to go for the tennis balls, but that's normally how you do these things. You're exactly describing what so many actors have had to do. You mentioned a few of the Transformers. Obviously, I have young kids, so they love the Transformers. Their favorite characters are Optimus Prime, Megatron, and Bumblebee. Starscream, I think, is also pretty popular. Can you confirm or deny Those Transformers are in this latest film
2: um i will uh I, I i don't know if i can. If I'm, I guess the movie's about to come out anyway so it doesn't matter i will megatron i'm sorry you ain't gonna see megatron on this one
0: okay all right. but
2: uh and starscream but you'll you, you'll see you'll see bumblebee and, and, and optimus
0: okay optimus prime is definitely i think i think he's the most iconic of all the transformers like for me if someone just says transfer i think everyone knows optimus prime you picture the red the blue you know just that whole look uh, to me, I think that, you know, if you need like a Babe Ruth of Transformers, <laughs> I think it's Optimus he, is Prime. Babe, he is the Babe
2: Ruth. He is, in fact, the Babe. he MJ of Transformers. <laughs> uh, Optimus <Prime. laughs> For sure. you well, know, it's you, definitely yeah. Good. Yeah, Go ahead. No, no. Just, you can't have a, a Transformers movie without Optimus. I mean, you can, but, you know, I, I don't know what that looks like.
0: If Anthony Ramos could transform into anyone or anything, what would it be?
2: I think uh, th- Plague. So that I can just fly where I want, whenever I want, you know, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to rush to the airport for a 7 a.m. flight, you know, yeah, exactly. mornings, you're like, you're like, yo, know, I, I really would like to fly later, but there are no flights. Um, that happened to me this morning. So oh. that's probably why it's. Well, you, know, you
0: look great. You look great, trust Thank me. you. are no worse for wear, but I know what you mean. Jumping on a plane is definitely something we could all appreciate. I mentioned In the Heights, man. I thought it was a phenomenal movie. I thought you did an amazing job of it. You're acting, you're singing. Uh, again, I know it was based on Lynn's original production, which I had not seen, but I thought the movie adaptation was terrific. Tell me all about that experience.
2: Thanks, man. It was, it was well, we, we shot in New York, shot in Washington Heights, you know, uh, the neighborhood that the, the set in. And you know you know Lynn grew up there and uh it was fun man because I'm from New York you know I grew up in Bushwick in Brooklyn you know a neighborhood that's you know um you know kind of the same you know you know it would you know be comparable to Washington Heights and uh you know it's it's uh it you know and being a Puerto Rican descent you know from New York like it was big for me, man. Like we had, a, we had a good time, you know. We we had all these songs and dancing and 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 having this experience, you know that feel you know, that I would never imagine, you know, I, I could have on the big screen, you know what I'm saying? And uh, like my mom was in the movie and my sister was in the movie, and you know, I got to dance next to my sister in the opening number. I mean, there's like 70 of us dancing in the middle of the street, you know, like the streets. You know, I used to live in Washington Heights too, man, so. It's uh it, it was it was it was amazing, man, singing about how you know your pride for where you're from and where your family's from and, and yeah, man, it was a blessing.
0: Yeah, it's amazing because not enough of those Latino stories are told. So it's amazing to see that kind of cast, that kind of community. And it was great to see Jimmy
2: Smith's on screen again. Tell me about working with Jimmy. Yeah, I mean Jimmy's the man, bro. You know, <laughs> like Jimmy Jimmy's a thespian, bro, you know, like <laughs> it was like when Jimmy was on that, you know, it was it felt like Jimmy set. Like it was like Uh, You know, it's like, that's, that's the, you know, he, he, um, he's just got that presence, man, you know, and, and, and Jimmy is one of the first Latino actors to really like, you know, really break into Hollywood, you know what I'm saying? Start to, you know, and, and he, um, he's just like, he's just one of those guys, man. You just like, I, I know it was hard for me when I started, you know, so I can't even imagine when Jimmy was first starting as an actor and, you know, breaking into the industry and just trying to get a role, you know, just trying to get a, any role and then let alone like a lead role on a television show or, or lead role in anything, you know, as a, a Latino actor, I think, you know, that, that you know, so I look up to Jimmy in, uh, yeah. in, in the big way.
0: I'm sure a lot of actors do. Of course, Hamilton, you know, put you on the map for a lot of common folk. But well, I think what's so amazing about it, I didn't see you in it, but I, of course I saw it years later with my wife. And uh, what I was amazed, it was just the originality of it and the conviction of all the performances like i just i can't imagine just the endurance to be able to perform it night after night it seems like it's such a it's taken a lot out of you so i'm just curious where did you get the stamina night after night to deliver that kind of a performance
2: um i mean the stamina somebody's paying me to do it <laughs> <laughs> that would be the stamina if we was doing it for free i mean um you know but no, nah, I, I really, I I think it was, it's just, I used to tell people like, people used to ask me that question. I'll be like, yo, it, there's something that I could be tired. I two auditions, three auditions in a day. And then I get to the theater and I'm like white, you know, sometimes I get there earlier than I have to be there just to take a nap, you know, in the dressing room. So I just like lay down there and take a nap. But People, you know, when people ask me, I'm like, "Yo, I don't know." It was something that happened when the lights hit. As soon as the lights hit, and I came on stage, it was like it just gave me this this burst of energy. It was like whatever I went through that day, or whatever problems I had, or auditions I did, or whatever fat- fatigue I had, it just went away. It was wild, like you know, and you know, and and I, I I felt blessed, you know, in that way. That it's just like, thank God that no matter what happened today, at least come on stage and. And do something that that I love, actually, that i really performing this show for 1,300 people, you know, with this cast. We have another shot to do this, you know, so that's really what gave me energy.
0: It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I'm so glad you were a part of it and you knocked it out of the park. I'm a huge sports fan, so I want to talk a little sports. I saw this quote where you are talking about some of your favorite things. New York Mets, black hat. Black is my color. I've been a Mets fan since I was a kid. We couldn't afford to go to Mets games off and we did it. it. was so special. I still look up to all my favorite players. Al Leiter, Ray Ordonez, Robin Ventura, Edgardo Alfonso, Mike Piazza, Carlos Beltran, Carlos Delgado. I grew up watching them. Tell me about some of those Mets memories. You're too young, I think, for 2000 Subway Series, but you were there for the 2015 World
2: Series against the Royals. No, I, was, I, was, I watched the 2000 Subway Series. Okay. It broke my nice. heart, bro. I, just, I rocked. I watched it in the, this this dude I used to hang out with in, in school named Juan. <laughs> in, in elementary school, yo. I, he we saw it, I think, at his his house and and yeah, man, I mean I, that was that was horrible. I didn't bet. Like, wasn't Benny Agbayani on I that team? Especially Benny
0: Agbiani Game three was the only update. He did get the Mets to win the go-ahead hit in game three.
2: Yeah, bro, I remember that. that shit, it was horrible. It was. It, <laughs> I, my heart was destroyed. That I mean, I'm still repairing from that Subway Series. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I used to have a. I used to have a VHS in my my mom used to have his VHS of Ray Duenias. Uh, when Ray Aldunias, he they they did like a whole one on just him. I can't remember. I, I think it was called Ray-O. Yeah. And and we used to watch it all the time. they like, Ray, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Every time he makes some play up the middle or some, something, he do something crazy, you know. He's still one of the best, you know, defensive short stars, oh. I think, that ever played, like, ever. And, and, and um, you know, I mean, I've been a Mets fan for –
0: Yeah, I was about to say, if it's Ray Ordonez's highlight tape, it's probably a lot of defense because the defense was spectacular. Whatever he did, (laughs) he was like a vacuum. Whatever he sucked up was amazing. And this year's Mets team, it's been a little bit up and down right now. But the thing with the Mets is, like, Steve Cohen's willing to spend. Like, you have an owner now who's like, I don't care. Like, we'll get Verlander. We'll get Scherzer. We got Pete Alonso, We got Lindor. Like, you must feel this as a Mets fan. We're in the game now. Like, things may not go our way, but we're in the game now for for real.
2: No, I I definitely feel encouraged. Uh, Steve Cohen gives me so much hope. (laughs) <laughs> like, as long as he's the owner, we have a chance. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's just ready. He's ready. He's like, yo, I don't care. I'm going to spend on this team. I want to win. You know, they're making improvements to the stadium. Like, even like, like I've been chilling with Josh, uh, Josh Cohen. And Josh is like, yo, bro, look at this. Look at the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the what you call it? The, the jumbotron, the, the scoreboard. He's like, yo, bro, we got the biggest scoreboard. Well, now just like shit <laughs> like that, bro. You're just like, yo, this is great. Like, he's like, I'm spending on the players. We're gonna get the biggest scoreboard in the game. We're gonna improve. Like, you know, even you know, it, 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 like when you're at the game, the act the 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 experience you're having at the game. Like he really, you know, him and Alex, you know, they really care, man. They care about the team, they care about winning. You know, it's, it's uh, as a fan, you're like, thank God, you know, like yeah, I'm just grateful that he's got some bread to spend on this team, you know, and he's willing to spend. You know, he's like, I want to win.
0: Speaking of willing to spend, the Jets get Aaron Rodgers. I believe you're a Jets fan as well. I mean, listen, you had a top five defense a year ago. You clearly needed a quarterback. Now you've got a multiple MVP in Aaron Rodgers. You must be out of your mind right now thinking what could happen for the Jets this year.
2: Yeah. I'm just like, come on, Aaron, just at least 30 touchdowns this year, bro. Come (laughs) Come on, bro. You know, like, we you know we just gotta you know yeah I you know I, because he's you know Aaron Rodgers is what is he thirty nine now yeah he's thirty nine right so I mean it, you know if you ain't Tom Brady you know any quarterback that's thirty nine you're like yo hopefully you know hopefully they they still they still got it but Aaron Aaron Rodgers is he's he's still the man I think you know and I think that you know with that team and those weapons uh you know uh especially you know breeze hall i think you know uh i think these guys i think you know garrett wilson i think i think that if they got some new they got some weapons too on the team, so I think he's gonna really i think i think that that the, 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 he's got a a great a great team around him to be able to yeah. do some amazing things and that is the, still that defense you know that defense is still gonna dominate you know hopefully so I'm just, I'm, I'm really optimistic about this year, bro. And that, that's what we needed. We just needed a quarterback, you know. Hopefully, they could keep, you know, building up Zach and, and you know, get him to a place where, where, where he can get in there and, and, you know, be the quarterback that everybody hopes he can be.
0: Yeah, give us two great years of Aaron Rodgers. He wins your title, and then boom, Zach Wilson yeah. could take over, yeah. and
2: everyone's happy. This, this is so come on, perfect world, baby, in a perfect <laughs> Jets world.
0: Uh, this is a perfect interview. Anthony Ramos is awesome. Make sure you check out Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. It's opening in theaters June 9th I mean, two hundred million dollar budget, dude. You, to me, you already are a big deal, but now you're gonna be a really big deal. Now you're gonna be on lunch boxes. You're gonna be global empire here, Anthony Ramos. This is great for you, man. Congratulations and good luck with the movie.
2: Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for having me, bro.
0: Okay, that was Anthony Ramos, and he was terrific, but, but also of interest is the fact that Chris Whittingham is doing this interview. Cody, as usual, shirking his responsibilities, so he said, don't worry, Whitty's going to be on. And before we did the interview, I had to double-check with Whitty. I'm like, wait, are you, you're done with Metal Arc, right? Last time I checked, you are still doing soccer stuff. He's like, yeah, 100%. So, Whitty, this is incredible. You did this pro bono, just as a favor to a friend
1: yeah i mean you know i'm, I'm always kind of hanging around you know like at each time that i hang around i get to say another goodbye so you get you get like the retweets and the replies of oh man we miss you so much so i, I like i like sort of have that lapping <laughs> upon my shores so adnan it was great working with you pal i'm a big listener of cinephile i still listen to cinephile even though i don't work in metal arc anymore it's part of my <laughs> weekly entertainment when i'm traveling over the country you are a wonderful
0: colleague you're a great man i miss you so much Goodbye. I miss you too, Whitty. Listen, I was so excited to come to Moss because I was going to see most of these guys. I hadn't seen them in at least five, six years. Cody, Dan, etc. And of course, the tragic passing of Grant Wall, you were not there. That's why I was like, oh, I'm going to see Woody." I was like, no, I understood why. So I, I totally recognize why you were not there, but it would have been great to catch up. So hopefully we will see each other at Moss. I think hopefully this year. You're still part of the family, so yeah. I anticipate you'll be there at Moss. They're they're always in December, so I I believe like I can make that. I never got to really congratulate you. I, I loved your work I loved your work with Samson and Skipper. I thought you were terrific moderating those two guys because it's like thank you. Those are those are two big deals. Like, you know, what I mean, like when you have I don't think they're egotistical, but they both got a lot to say. So Skipper's not going to get cheated and he's the boss and Samson's not going to get cheated. Like he's getting his word in. So I always thought you were really good at just kind of laying it up there, letting those guys go, jumping where need be. So I um, I, I appreciate your skills as a host. specifically. Oh, thank you.
1: I, I enjoyed getting to nerd out on that particular subject because I don't think there's anything I read more about than stuff about the sports
0: media. Uh, i am uh, It's real navel gazy yeah. in that respect. So, uh, yeah, that, that was really cool. Well, that's the thing. I, I think some people think it's ridiculous. I think this is so self-absorbed. Who cares? And I said, no, listen, if you want RSN oh, conversation, man. this is the place <laughs> to come to. Uh, then, good catching up, man. <laughs> All right, Woody, Good to see you. All right. So, once again, uh, thank you to Anthony. He was awesome. And thank you to Chris Cody, who uh, helped my Adam Sandler education. You know, I kind of – I pushed Chris in this direction. I said, okay, it's your birthday. Whatever you want me to watch. And I said, I've never seen the following. Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Waterboy, Mr. Deeds. He was like, all right, Billy Madison, done. So, again, thank God my sister-in-law has a free Peacock subscription. You didn't so like, like it? it? i got to tell you. I, I'm watching it. My wife likes silly comedies, too. And I said, you got to watch this with me. It's for my buddy Cody. It's his birthday. And, like, 15 minutes in, she goes, this is so stupid. And I go, <laughs> I go listen, i got to watch it for Chris." She goes, why don't you just, just, just tell him you saw it? You know enough already. He's in class. He always just, here's the thing. There's a the big issue with it. It's Adam Sandler. You have to love that man-child thing. What you doing, today? What you want, today? It's nudie. What do you mean? I don't want to do that to me. Like, you, <laughs> you have to find that funny when he whispers like a baby and then yells. And if you don't find it funny, you go. Is he doing that again? It's the twelfth time. What you doing, Look at your Look at my little shoes. <shift> oh come <laughs> oh, on! Like, stop that, looking at me, movie. Swan. Like <laughs> at five minutes in, he's like, "Oh, the nudie magazines are coming. Here we go again." And it's like shemale fetish. I'm like, "Ugh." Women it doesn't 80, age. It probably doesn't age great. He ends up seeing a penguin dancing at one point. Here's the other part too. The wasted cameos, like Chris Farley. I'm like, oh, great! Chris Farley's in this. I didn't know Chris Farley was in this. Wait, he's a bus are driver. He's about to say
1: that's a wasted scene,
0: dude. A wa- he's you, driving the bus and he eats a banana and he throws the banana peel out. And later on, of course, you know what's going to happen. I thought someone would slip on the banana peel. Instead, somehow a car slips an entire banana peel and goes into the. Oh, Doyle rules! rules. Oh, Doyle, that rules. is an
1: iconic Chris Farley cameo. Like the he, fact he has that like you're one dismissed- good
0: line where he's like, "Look at that, Ash." That's, like, the one good thing Chris that Farley does. That Veronica scene.
1: Vaughn yeah. is one piece <laughs> of ace I it. know from experience. Yeah. yeah. He's in it, no, like, No, seven he goes, no, you don't. No, I don't. But a guy I know. Him and her got it on. Dude, that is. I, I wish is was that was funny. your impression. It wasn't necessarily when as funny. He's learning, like, when he's, like, losing with the kids, like, come on!
0: Like, that's when that's he's yelling at the kids uh, on the as bus. As I said, what is it else? Just a guy yelling all the time. Chris Farley dancing with a penguin at the end. Like I love Norm oh. Macdonald, my buddy, my wife because there's your friend. I'm like look how skinny he is. I'm like yeah, look how young he is. Look how alive he is. And I'm like yeah, not much Norm Macdonald. Like I love Norm Macdonald. It's not it's not adding much of the house You know
1: he really got drunk for that role. Like well, in that opening at one scene.
0: Point, why don't we get the donkey drunk?
1: He's like why don't we put a <laughs> bunch of beer in a pail? At one point he's like where's Billy at? And he's yeah. like he's at school.
0: He's like oh yeah. <laughs> like those guys just. The only good thing is this Pete Sampras's wife, Bridget Wilson, is very attractive. Oh. It makes me like so much. I appreciate Pete Sampras, and, and, and I believe. No, it was Van Pelt said it about somebody else. He might have said it about Pete Sampras. The time he said he goes, he hits the shot, which is a winner, and he goes, If you've seen his wife, he's a winner off the court as well. I don't think he said it about Pete Sampras, but it's funnier that way. Did
1: you even make it to Steve Buscemi?
0: Yeah, Buscemi's in there. Thank God then he shoots the guy in the ass. Good to <sighs> see Brantley Whitford showing up. Classic Aaron Sorkin movies. I'm like, Oh, Bradley Whitford's in the movie. Okay. But if peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. Yeah, that's what I to say. So there's two great lines. That's one of them, which <laughs> I actually wrote down like an incredible line because the one kid pees his pants, Adam Sandler didn't pretence with water, and then the old lady says that. If peeing in your yeah. pants,
2: pants is cool, great
0: line. They consider, me, cool. They consider me Miles Davis. Which and again, then like, he goes,
1: lady, you're scaring yeah. sc- No, the sloppy
0: Joe lady. Yeah, I got you, sloppy Joes. Yeah, that, lady, like, yeah, you're but, scaring the- us. The Miles Davis line was great because Miles Davis, one of his best jazz albums, is called The Birth of Cool. So that was a very good line. If, if being your pants is cool, then I'm Miles Davis. Great line. The other good line is the maid who's like finding Stanley attractive as hot parts. Oh, yeah. when, when he's pretending to be sick and won't go to school, she goes, Well, you can help me stand and shave my armpits. <laughs> he goes, I'll go right to school. That's Where's it. my I recommend snack two pack? lines of the entire movie. That's it.
1: Miss Lippy, the kindergarten teacher, just like randomly like eating glue.
0: During one of those montages when yes. all the kids are outside. Yeah, then he starts eating glue and afterwards she's like dancing for some reason. Oh, oh two, two good musical selections. Ramones beat on the Brat, which is a great song. And of course, Jackson 5 ABC. That's it. Billy Madison. That,
1: what about at the end at, at the decathlon no. when he loses and he goes on that whole spiel and the guy's like, not only do I award you no points yeah. and my God have mercy on your soul. He's just like, simple, simple no would have no done just
2: fine. fine. <laughs>
1: That was bad. That wasn't bad. That dude, was bad. that movie is yeah. like, see, I, I I, don't know what I would think if I was, you know, a 36-year-old man seeing that for the first time. But like, right. when I was younger, dude, that is just, that is nostalgia for me. I well, love that. I figured, I, mean,
0: I go, that's, Cody was probably 10 or 11 years old when he saw it. So I'm like, okay, that's right. like when I saw playing trains and Automobiles, which I still love to this day. Like, right. I'm acknowledging that it's not like it's stupid, but yeah. You know, I, that's why I said, to "My, wife, I go listen." He's not selling it to me like it's The Godfather. I know what we're getting here, but I said we both love Kingpin. We both like stupid movies, but I get this, no. this isn't. This is She said to me, "She goes, you know, stupid funny movie is White Chicks." She goes, "That movie's really funny." I go, "That movie's good." I go, "She goes, White Chicks." Tell him White Chicks is going. Go, All right, maybe we'll get to White Chicks his next birthday. We'll convince him <laughs> on that. For now, I want to listen.
1: I is- want to go through your wife's top five like dumb comedies.
0: Yeah. She crushed him She was like You better tell This movie sucks She she got up Halfway through She goes This is horrible I'm not going to sit here And watch it Okay Well
1: I hate to say this But she's wrong She's wrong
0: (laughs) Most importantly uh, A happy birthday To my man Chris Cody And thank thank you you To Anthony Ramos And thank you To the entire crew Thank you for supporting Cinephile Honestly next week's A massive episode If I see to you A new Robert De Niro movie And the ending Of Succession The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Anne Barry, And Natalie Eva Marie Stunner Former WWE legend Now turned actress It's going to be A massive episode It's coming out after Memorial Day. I'll see you at the movies.